0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. A critical step in the creation of a new venture is raising the capital to bring the new business to life. What sources of capital can an entrepreneur tap, and what factors must she or he keep in mind while going through the process? According to Steve Samet, a senior fellow and lecturer at Wharton, So-called angel investors represent one possible option. Another source is venture capitalists, who may fund startups or invest at a later stage in a company's growth. In this podcast for the Wharton CERT Business Plan Competition, Samet explains the promises and pitfalls of dealing with venture capitalists.
1: Our guest today is uh, Professor Steve Samet, who is a senior fellow and lecturer at Wharton. Uh, Professor Samet, thank you very much for joining us today.
2: I'm happy to do so on this important endeavor. Thank you.
1: Uh, I guess the basic question we wanted to start with uh, is, what are some of the major sources of capital for a new startup, and how does venture capital or VC compare with other sources?
2: That's a good way to start this discussion. Uh, Historically, there have been a variety of sources of capital. And uh, I think entrepreneurs need to look at their local situation as well as their industry and their stage of development to begin to think about the sources of capital. Classically, uh, high net worth individuals, um, and um, uh, especially those uh, who have made their uh, fortunes, in industries similar to what the uh, company expects to pursue are a very good place to start. Uh, And uh, many of these groups in different regions have angel networks. Uh, They are relatively easy to identify with an online search. Uh, Some have very formal processes. Others uh, are much more informal. Uh, Some uh, act as if they were venture capital funds. Uh, that is to say, a group uh, within the angel network gets together and they buy one limited partnership, or I'm sorry, one uh, equity position. Uh, so that is, that is an important source. Um, also for very early stage funding, uh, uh, some provinces and other countries, uh, states in the U.S., federal governments, Uh, and I believe this is even emerging in uh, the uh, uh, United Arab Emirates as well as Kuwait, uh, that there are uh, programs sponsored by the governments. In some cases, these are programs where the money goes into venture capital funds. But in others, uh, companies actually can be directly eligible, usually on a competitive basis. So what I would recommend is that entrepreneurs... Uh, uh, look at their own uh, country or locality to see what programs exist. And then uh, uh, the next step is uh, formal venture capital. This takes different forms in different places, but for the most part, uh, these are partnerships managed by a general partner or, or management group using money provided by limited partners. Those limited partners are often pension funds, corporations, endowments. Now, generally speaking, uh, venture capital funds over the last decade or so have moved to later stage opportunities. Uh, uh, And what entrepreneurs need to determine uh, when identifying local venture funds, and that is very easy to do uh, with various online directories and other directories that their countries, uh, for example, in the Middle East, there is a Middle East Venture Capital Association. Uh, Their website uh, would provide linkages into available venture funds. Uh, uh, But I think, you know, we can elaborate more on... uh, Uh, do's and don'ts and issues with venture funds. Uh, And there's one last source for, you know, obviously much later stage companies. And again, it depends on the locality and the desires of entrepreneurs. And I don't necessarily recommend this until the timing is right. And that is initial public offerings or listing on local stock exchanges. Uh, There are very different listing requirements across countries and across stages. Some um, exchanges or boards are uh, designed for very early stage companies, uh, but it is a matter of very careful determination as to whether to go that route, uh, principally, what impact it will have on future capital needs.
1: Absolutely. Uh, let's say you are an entrepreneur who has fulfilled some of the early stage requirements and you are ready to. Present your case to a venture capitalist. What are some of the do's and don'ts for entrepreneurs uh, when they're about to pitch to a
2: VC? Mm, there are lots of don'ts <laughs> and uh, as many do's. But let's start with the don'ts. Okay. All right. Um, it, it, the process often does start with a business plan, and the format for business plans. Um, are available in a variety of textbooks, and uh, I believe others in this series have addressed that. So I, I won't dwell on that, but I will give you a couple of perspectives that venture capitalists have. Um, first off, um, through their experiences over many years, venture capitalists by and large expect that uh, six months to a year after their investment no matter how well done the business plan is, that the company is going to look very different. Uh, Market conditions change, the technologies change, there are some positive surprises, some negative surprises. Unfortunately, they seem most often to be negative surprises. Uh, And um, uh, as a result, uh, the way many venture capitalists look at business plans are evidence, that they are evidence of a very good consensus that has been built among the management team. Uh, That they have thought through the issues, that they've debated them internally, uh, and in doing so have demonstrated that they can work together as a team and that their thought process is flexible given certain circumstances. And the most clever of venture capitalists will probe that degree of consensus building and real insight into what is behind the business plan. Uh, so, you know, entrepreneurs, one of the don'ts is to to not do that, uh, and recognize that the process uh, is uh, uh, requires a lot of thought. This is not a weekend endeavor, uh, and even when entrepreneurs go away for a retreat, you know, they should be taking careful notes and understanding really the various viewpoints. Another don't is do not give, um, do not send out a business plan that has internal inconsistencies. And by that I mean um, the uh, product development plan in terms of costs and uh, projections, the market plan, the sales forecasts, the um, overall project management uh, picture uh, should all line up with one another and especially with the cash needs and uh, and cash flow forecasts. Oftentimes, VCs will get a business plan and it's so obvious that no one responsible for each of those chapters has spoken with one another. And uh, the entrepreneurs need to go through that with a fine-tooth comb. And then the other big don't is that very carefully um, uh, do, do not send your business plan uh, indiscriminately to every venture capital fund that you can find. Do a very careful selection based on what kinds of things the venture funds, that venture fund or a particular venture fund, uh, 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 has made investments. Uh, look at the stage of investments that they usually do. Uh, and look at the way they have gone about forming companies and adding value and ultimately uh, finding exits. Uh, so you know that, that's a don't that translates to a do, and it's, it's a common error that, that entrepreneurs make. Uh, overall, it's reasonable expectations. Um, uh, I generally recommend, and this is a big don't, You know, don't simply deposit your business plan in the online mailbox of a venture fund. Look very, very carefully, and this is a do, uh, at the backgrounds of each of the partners, and fortunately websites tend to be very rich in this information as well as the portfolio company information. Uh, uh, Look at the partners' backgrounds and see what personal connections you might have. There may be one, two, or three degrees of, of separation. Um, as the popular uh, nomenclature goes and uh, uh, what you might do is find that either you know or there's a school connection or a club connection or a friend of a friend uh, and you should utilize that and you can also identify which of the partners may have the most particular interest in what you're doing based on the investments they have made or boards that they are on and more often than not They will actually take a well-placed phone call uh, or a very brief email. That will probably result in a phone call. So you should try to personalize it as quickly as possible.
1: Uh, Let's say you've started the process of meeting with VCs based on the do's and don'ts you just recommended. Mm -hmm. Uh, How many VCs should you see and... How can you tell you when you've found one that is the right fit? Sure. Uh, also, to just add to that, if you find more than one that seems appealing, right. are there any pros and cons of working with just a single VC as opposed to more than
2: one? Right. Well, to give you a flippant answer, I would say you see as many as it takes uh, to finally do your deal. Uh, but uh, definitely in the prioritization order, Uh, uh, that you might build based on what I have just said, Uh, looking for the most relevance. Uh, My personal recommendation, unless time is of the essence, uh, and this may well be if you're looking for a second round of financing and you're running out of capital, uh, but if you you can be patient, uh, it is probably best to hunt with a rifle as opposed to a shotgun. And go through sequentially, or two or three at a time, rather than ten or twenty. Uh, that uh, 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 VCs will pick up very quickly uh, how um, uh, how widespread you've distributed your plan. Uh, and then, on the other hand, you know, there's an expression uh, that the, the the deal is shop worn. That is to say, it's been through too many hands. So, you know, before sending a business plan out, this preliminary approach might be a good one because that might not be seen as as you know, you're you're a bite at the apple, and uh, you want to avoid that reputation. Now, generally speaking, um, it is a good thing and extraordinarily positive when there is more than one VC interested because one of two things can happen, and I and actually prefer the first and that is uh, in any venture financing uh, it is often better to have a syndication of venture capitalists where two or three are coming forward in the same round of financing and there's a couple of reasons for that. One is they can rely on one another for due diligence, they bring perhaps a broader perspective to the needs of the company Uh, and one other uh, benefit is that uh, uh, with more people around the table, there are more pockets and deeper pockets. Because it is inevitable that a company is going to need more financing. And if there is already a base of venture capitalists, that capital is more likely to be there. Um, And while in the next round of financing there may be a new venture fund uh, uh, that comes in to lead the deal and set the price, at least there's a base of capital. So, so um, entrepreneurs should be very cautious when only one fund has come forward, uh, and if that one fund wants to fund the whole round, you have to have a very specific conversation about how much capital they're going to keep in reserve for your company and what their criteria would be for doing a, a second round of financing. One of the worst things that can happen to an entrepreneur and an entrepreneurial team is for the investor in one round uh, to not participate in the second round. Uh, now, this this caveat applies to taking money from formal venture capital funds. In an initial round of financing or a seed or startup round, uh, it's much less oh, that has been funded by angels uh, or by state programs. Uh, It is not really expected by the VCs, and it won't disqualify a company from uh, a venture round of financing if those investors opt not to invest. I mean, there's an understanding that personal wealth is finite.
1: Uh, Once the conversations with VCs begin, uh, a debatable if not contentious issue is sometimes about valuation. Yes. Uh, what advice would you offer entrepreneurship about uh, discussing this with VCs?
2: Well, valuation, as you point out, is a difficult in- issue, um, uh, and it does have contentious elements to it. Uh, entrepreneurs who have been through the process of working with venture funds uh, uh, can uh, are more uh, more have more insight into how this works. The first thing that you must appreciate, though, is, uh, despite all the important models for uh, valuation that are taught in business schools and what you might even find in the manuals, the um, approach that venture capitalists take to valuing a company is not necessarily on the future performance of the company as a commercial entity. Uh, So things like uh, discounted cash flows, While it's important to know these, and they may contribute to the valuation proposition, are not the real driver. The venture fund ultimately has to think about what the company is going to be worth at the time of liquidation, which might be either a public offering um, or more than likely a trade sale, that is to say an acquisition by another company. And once they have a sense of that, they have to look at not only the amount of money they are putting in now, but what the cash needs are likely to be over the over the coming years. So the the result is, or the big question is, what percentage of the company must I own now, allowing for future cash needs and dilutional events, uh, and the most likely range of terminal values for me to determine the valuation. Uh, and in that process, I have to also be thinking about the majority of companies in my portfolio that are not going to be successful. So as a result, the entrepreneurs on the initial uh, 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 offer by the venture capitalists feel that they are being treated you know, grossly unfairly. Uh, and that is, uh, uh, that is not necessarily... Um, Inappropriate to feel. Uh, unfortunately, it's one of the realities of dealing with venture capital funds.
1: Once VCs invest in a company, what kind of positive role can they play? And can you give any examples of companies mm-hmm. that have benefited?
2: Right. the 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 very best venture capitalists, and in my view, uh, it should be an important criteria for an entrepreneur selecting. Uh, If they have a number of offers from different venture funds, uh, they uh, uh, should take a very close look at what the track record of that venture fund is in a variety of ways. Of course, entrepreneurs are always interested in what role the venture capitalist has played and the timing that they've played in in helping promote the exit. But, But In my view, that's not the most important issue. Uh, It has to do with helping to reformulate strategy, recruit people to fill holes in the management team, uh, active participation, not only at board meetings but between board meetings, um, contacts and assistance with forming strategic alliances. They should do all of these things. Uh, And it it is totally within reason for an entrepreneur, when they have an offer from a venture firm, uh, to call entrepreneurs that that venture fund has, has, has provide, for which it's provided capital. Uh, and ask uh, your entrepreneurial colleague straight out um, uh, how that venture fund has served. Was it as advertised? Uh, did they do what they say what they were going to do and then they follow up? So you have a burden of due diligence of your own. Um, Many examples, and it depends on different industries. Uh, If you're dealing with software information technology, uh, the pace at which you develop, the markets at which you want to direct, how you're going to segment your market. An experienced VC probably has more insight into that than you do. Why? They're probably looking at about a 1,000 deals a year in order to do 10 to 20, if that. As a result, they they generally have a much better context. and uh, uh, it's worth listening to. Um, in the life sciences, uh, uh, which is of growing interest in the Middle East, uh, the, this is a very complex field that requires a great deal of technical insight and market insight, uh, look for venture funds that have gone down that path and have a realistic appraisal, but at the same time uh, have enough of flexibility to see how, in your region, a pharma company or biotech company is going to evolve, as opposed to the way it would evolve in the U.S. The expectation—I'm not saying the regulatory path is any is easier. Uh, quite the contrary, in many cases. But certainly, the way uh, a company in Abu Dhabi uh, uh, might develop itself and bring a product to market is very different.
1: Any risks of working with VCs that you would ask entrepreneurs to look out for?
2: Yes, I th- I think uh, there there are many risks, and I'll just uh, point out one of the uh, uh, a couple of the most critical. Uh, uh, first of all, venture capitalists might decide even before an investment that they would prefer that the founder or CEO not remain um, uh, in an active role in managing the company. Uh, um, in many cases, it's not fair. Uh, you know, they should give the uh, founder or the CEO the opportunity to make it work. Uh, but VCs, because they've met so many different managers and know what is going to look good with other venture firms or in an acquisition uh, or alliance negotiation, may have other views. Uh, and this can be shattering uh, to uh, a founder or CEO. Uh, and they have to make a realistic appraisal of themselves and put that issue on the table very early in the process. Because if it comes up later, uh, it can derail a negotiation. The other risk is term sheets, and this varies from region to region because there are contractual provisions that are acceptable in some legal jurisdictions that are not in others. And I'm referring to what is known as preferred stock. And in those instances, even when an entrepreneur thinks they still have control of the company by virtue of a majority of ownership of the shares, the preferred shares often have features with respect to voting rights uh, 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 and other issues that um, uh, surreptitiously give the venture fund or funds control of the company, especially acting as a group, which they will do. Uh, So uh, having competent counsel if you don't have experience and making sure you understand exactly what the impact of every provision is going to be is critical with respect to control because you can lose your company if you're not careful. Uh, Moreover, these same provisions uh, actually change the valuation equation Uh, And what looks like straightforward ownership or participation in the ultimate economics uh, is often skewed by so-called liquidation preferences, um, dividends, and some other features. So the entrepreneurs should be uh, make sure they understand what those are and very carefully model out the economics um, uh, so that they perhaps can do a better job of negotiation.
1: Any final words of advice on... Uh, how entrepreneurs can avoid potential problems with
2: uh, 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 with venture capital. Sure, it's a good summation. N- number one, develop realistic expectations uh, because uh, the 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 VCs at some point will always ask before they put a number on the table. Um, uh, what do you, and, you know? And this is a famous quote. What do you think your little company is worth? With the emphasis on little. And uh, the entrepreneur has really, has to do some research to get an idea of what the prevailing type of valuations are given their level of development and stage of financing. Uh, If the number you put on the table is unreasonably high, the venture capitalist might quietly recoil and say they're never gonna make any progress with this team because they just don't understand and it's not worth our time in negotiation. So you have to do the research to have reasonable expectations. Don't sell yourself short. Um, uh, And one of the ways of answering that is, uh, uh, given the following, how much you're going to invest, how large the syndication is, what kinds of preferences you're going to want uh, in uh, in the term sheet with us, we would envision a range of, and make it a reasonably wide range of, of X to Y. Uh, and if nothing else, that will strike the VCs as you're being reasonable and flexible. The other thing, um, uh, and this is when you're approaching the VC, never, ever, ever say, no matter how confident you are, that you have no competition. Uh, they will ask that question. But the reality is you do. And they may actually know more than you do because they're seeing a lot more deals. And if you're on the cutting edge, you know we're in a we're in a global economy and and global shared brain, if you will. That um, if you have a great idea, there are probably other scientists and engineers completely unrelated to you elsewhere in the world, have identified the same problems and that technology is a new solution. And it might very well be within the last few weeks that same venture capitalist has seen two, three, or four (laughs) plans on essentially the same thing. Uh, So you can't say, as far as you know, we don't, but these are the kinds of things we are concerned about. We do believe that there are these teams at these universities or at these companies that might be going down a similar path, and we're very alert to that.
1: Steve Salmon, thank you so much for speaking with us today.
2: It was my pleasure, and um,
0: um, I wish uh, all the entrepreneurs out there good luck. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton,